Well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. How you guys doing this morning? Man, I tell you, I felt like God's favor was on me this morning. I woke up, I walked outside, and I could see my breath. It was amazing. I don't know where fall went, but welcome winter. So, so glad that you're here, uh, and if uh, you're new to Tennessee, it'll be 90 degrees this afternoon. So, uh, uh, so welcome to OneChurch.tv. Uh, my name is Chris Edmondson, and I am one of the pastors here uh, of this uh, fantastic church, but I'm a little biased. So, uh, but I love OneChurch.tv. I love that anybody, everybody's welcome, and uh, nobody's perfect. And honestly, we all have our messes, we all have our struggles, and, uh, and if you, Howard, you're messy and you have struggles, you're more than welcome to be here. Only people we don't welcome is the people who have it all together and who are perfect. So, because you make us look really bad. All right. So, uh, we are in uh, part three, the last part of our series on anger we're calling hotheads. Quick question before we kind of move on. And my question is simply this. How many of you have had somebody hurt you? Let me hear you. All right, so we got some hurt people in here. I got that. Uh, honestly, I think most of us would say, yeah, we've been hurt. How many of y'all, maybe you've intentionally or accidentally hurt someone? All right, I'd say that's all of us as well. Here's what I want to talk about today is how do we forgive those people who hurt us? How do we forgive and I tell you, as we kind of unpack this today, uh, you may uncover some feelings of some stuff that maybe uh, you just have struggled with for quite some time that you felt like maybe somebody has hurt you years ago. It may have been over a decade ago. The person who hurt you, they may have already passed on, but yet you are still have this burden and this grudge and this that you're bitter towards them. And we're going to talk about that today. How do we forgive? Now, before we dig in too deep into this message, we got to go back to our theme verse for this entire structure, this entire talk, and that is Ephesians 4.26. And y'all probably have this verse memorized, and it starts out, be angry. How many of y'all, y'all like that verse already, right? Some of y'all like, I've check done. I, I am angry, right? Uh, and uh, Carlo talked about that last week, you know, just, I mean, many times we're just angry. Be angry. And for some of you, that's your life verse, but it doesn't stop there. Be angry, but don't sin. The Bible says there's, there's moments and it's okay for you to get angry. There's some uh, moments you should get angry. Um, there's going to be some moments you have a lot of high level of frustration, if you will, and it's okay. Uh, this is the rest of the verse. Let's dig into it. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You see, it's what you do with that anger that can cause you to sin. Just getting angry isn't a sin. But it says, actually, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't allow today's anger to carry over into tomorrow. Don't allow yesterday's anger to carry into today. Don't allow your anger to spill over and to spoil everything else that's happening good in your life. If you allow yesterday's anger to spill into your today and your tomorrow, that's when anger becomes sin. That leftover anger. Everybody say leftover anger. Watch this video. Thank <laughs> you. 
My name is Jill, and I'm 60 years old. Hmm. I've been a messy person all my life. I hoard food. I, I feel guilty about wasting something that somebody could be using. I use a duct tape to close the freezer door sometimes uh, when I've got too many things in there. Finger food. There are things that I buy and then forget about. She gets pumpkins from the church sometimes so that she can make uh, pumpkin pies. But with the, some of the perishable items, she gets sidetracked and forgets about them and then they just sit there. Cabbages are, are really forgiving. The outside will go bad, but the inside will be fine. Now we're seeing some good color. I believe that if things have been kept cold and if they're not puffed up, they're just fine. What are you going to do with sour cream? What's going to go wrong with that? Is it going to go sour? <laughs> I think I might need to throw up. You see, leftovers can hurt you, right? You see, a refrigerator was designed to store food for only a few days, not for weeks or months or years at a time. Yet many times, people put leftovers in the fridge thinking, you know what, we'll get to it later, and it becomes toxic. It becomes toxic, all because somebody didn't deal with the leftovers. Here's our big idea today. Y'all ready? Leftover anger spoils life and sours relationships. Can you say it with me? Leftover anger spoils life and sours relationships. One more time. Leftover anger spoils life and sours relationships. I got some milk here. Anybody want to smell it? You see, milk is good. When the due date is not passed. But when you have this milk and you start pouring it out and you can't see it, but it's a little clumpy. You hear it? Y'all need to come. Let's all stand up and let's come down front. Let's, let's take a drink. You see, here's the thing that's nasty. And all because you thought it was good, but really it was spoiled. And that is exactly, I got to move this. I apologize. Please, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Whew. All right. Just as drinking leftover out-of-date milk can poison us, anger is the same way. Anger is the same way. According to this verse... You and I were designed to carry anger only for a few hours until the sun goes down. When we allow anger to spill over 
into that and leftover anger, it, it, it can turn gooey and toxic and drip on all of the other good stuff and ruin your life. You see, let me tell you the story. I already know some of your story. Some of you, your children have hurt you, have hurt your spouse, and you refuse to forgive. And that has become bitterness and toxic and gooey. For others of you, it was a spouse or an ex-spouse. There was a pain. There was a divorce. And you've never, ever gotten over it. You've never, ever forgiven. And you see, here's the thing. I have been hurt as well. All of us, we can say we've all been hurt. I understand why you would not want to forgive. I get it. But today, we're going to see very practically, when you don't forgive, it harms you. And not only you, it, it harms all of the relationships you have with other people. And not only that, it harms your relationship with your heavenly Father. You see, leftover anger will spoil your life and sour your relationships. I know too many families have been ruined by leftover anger. Too many friendships have, have ended because of leftover anger. Yet we still hang on to it. And, and we hang on to it, hang on to the past so much it poisons us. 50% of all emotional and relational problems people face in their lives can be attributed to an unhealthy way of dealing with anger. 50%. Let's keep on reading that verse. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to who? The devil. You see, we've all held on to anger, and it eventually it becomes a grudge. And when we choose to hang, hold on, and to dig in, it, it, we almost intentionally remember what we're saying is, devil, we want you a part of our relationships in our life. We think... And here's the reason why we don't forgive. We think that if we choose to forgive, we will somehow be justifying the unthinkable act that we have experienced. That's what we think, and I get that. Americans understand the importance of forgiveness, though. 94% of all Americans believe that it is very important to forgive. But listen to this statistic. 85% of Americans say they don't know how to forgive. And I think all of it comes from this idea, we need to forgive and to what? Forget. And guess what? If you, if you are depending on your forgiveness to depend upon your forgetting, that will never happen unless you have a traumatic brain injury, right? And unless that happens, I'm telling you, you will always remember it. It will always be there. Your forgetting is not depending upon forgiveness and vice versa. You can forgive without forgetting. So the question I want to talk about today is the how do we forgive, and I really want to dig on to the why, why we should forgive, because do, you understand what holding a grudge happens? When you hold a grudge, this happens. The longer you hold a grudge, the longer the grudge has a hold on you. And you just steep in the sour milk. So let's talk about the why we should forgive, and then we're going to talk about the how. The how is really ap applicable, but let me kind of, let's prove the point to you. Why should we forgive? Well, number one, because unforgiveness hurts who? Yeah. 
you. Unforgiveness hurts me. Let's just start there. Why should I forgive? Unforgiveness hurts me. It's like me taking this spoiled milk, drinking it, and expecting something bad to happen to you. And it's not. I'm just going to, well, it might. I may puke on you. So, uh, so anyway, but let's just start there. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one, look at this, misses the grace of God. Now, how do you miss the grace and the love that God has for us? Well, here's how you do it. And that no, what does it say? Bitter root grows up to do what? To cause trouble and to what? Defile or poison many. You see, so many of us, we've been living with a bitter root so long, we just kind of, we just expect it. And we've planned our life around it. The bitter root gives us an excuse of us being the way we are so that we don't have to change. You see, here's the problem. So many of us, we continue to sicken ourselves because we hold grudges and we're bitter and we're angry and we unforgive, and it gives us an excuse to act like children. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. Somebody ain't here. Y'all ain't with me, people. All right? So, and we're going to look at this root of bitterness. It's like a cancer to your soul. It eats away at you. It hurts you. It hurts relationships all around you. It can give you ulcers. It can be emotional problems, physical problems. Definitely, we're going to see spiritual problems. But we all have a choice. We can forgive or we can choose not to forgive. But when we choose unforgiveness, we miss the grace of of God. That's a big miss right there, guys. We miss the grace of God and we bump our heads into this principle, God's principle, unforgiveness hurts me and it hurts us. Why should we forgive? Our big idea tells us the reason why we should forgive. Because guess what? Leftover anger will spoil your life and sour your relationships. One of the best movies I've seen that illustrates this the most is Toy Story 3. Love this movie, okay? And it's all of this, the, the, the bad guy in this movie is Lotso the Bear. Uh, he, what was Lotso's problem? We're going to see Lotso's problem right here. Let's watch it. You came from Sunnyside? But how'd you escape? Well, <laughs> it wasn't easy. I... What do you mean escape? Sunnyside is a place of ruin and despair, ruled by an evil bear who smells of strawberries. Lotso? The guy may seem plush and huggable on the outside, but inside, he's a monster. But how do you know that? Chuck Williams. He'll tell you. Yeah, I knew Lotso. He was a good toy friend. Me and him, we had the same kid, Daisy. I was there when Lotso got unwrapped. Daisy loved us all, but Lotso, Lotso was special. They did everything together. I've never seen a kid in a toy more in love. One day, we took a drive. Hit a rest stop, had a little playtime. After lunch, Daisy fell asleep. 
Lotso wouldn't give up. It took forever, but we finally made it back to Daisy's. But by then, it was too late. Something changed that day inside Lotso. Something snapped. She replaced us. Come on. No, she only replaced you. She replaced all of us, didn't she? She don't love you no more. Now, come on! We were lost. Cast off. Unloved. Unwanted. Then we found Sunnyside. But lots of wasn't my friend. You see, hurt people have a tendency to hurt other people. So, for those of you who struggle with anger, the thing that we always have to remember is that anger is seated somewhere. You've been hurt. Lotso the bear, what was his whole problem? He was angry that he got left. So he took over the daycare. Hurt people, hurt people. Leftover anger spoils life and sours relationships. Some of you are living your life like this. Your whole life is framed by what happened to you 10 years ago. 20 years ago. And today, we're simply going to learn that when we forgive, listen to me, when we forgive, anger gets dissolved even when the issue is not resolved. See, for some of you, the issue will never be resolved. The person who hurt you is dead. They've passed on. Or the hurt was so terrible to you years ago, you can't fix it. But yet, when we forgive, the anger will dissolve. The issue doesn't have to be resolved, though. Most of us, we hold on to our anger until we want the issue resolved. We want justice. But sometimes justice doesn't come. The issue just won't be resolved. So how do we forgive those who have hurt us? Well, you can think about this. There's a video, and if you would play this video, but let's turn down the sound because I want to kind of speak over it. It's the video of Angry Birds. How many of y'all have played Angry Birds? All right, I am a huge Angry Birds fan. Used to play it all the time. And uh, when Angry Birds, as you can see, they actually launch... And uh, the Angry Birds, they're angry. Okay. Um, the Angry Birds are angry because, you know, the pigs stole their, what, eggs, right? So the birds launch themselves, and they smack the pigs, but what happens to the birds? <laughs> they destroy themselves in the process. And honestly... That's exactly what bitterness does. These birds are bitter and angry, and they throw themselves head-on into getting back through launching themselves, and what happens is they get beat up. They're beating up themselves. They may destroy the pigs, but their anger destroys them. 
guys, ladies, gentlemen, that's what unforgiveness does to us. Unforgiveness destroys us. It makes us bitter, it makes us angry, and it's like cancer to all of our relationships. Anne Lamont said it like this. She said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. Another reason, if you're taking notes, is this. We need, a why we should forgive, number two, because I will need forgiveness. I will need forgiveness again. Uh, why should we give? Because we're going to need forgiveness. There's a story in the Bible about, we read in, in Matthew chapter 18 about Peter. Peter was the leader of Jesus' 12 disciples, but Peter had an anger problem. You looked at Peter sideways, he's going to grab his sword and whack your ear off, right? He, uh, he was just, he was an angry person. You ticked him off. He was going to go off either verbally he had a temper problem because he, I believe he had a forgiveness problem. And you want to know why I believe he had a forgiveness problem? Because he asked Jesus a really poignant question in Matthew 18. Listen to this. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I what? What? Forgive someone who sins against me. And then he picks a number. What's the number? Seven. Seven times? Okay. What, just keep that up there. Why did he... Throw out seven. Jewish tradition says that if someone hurts you three times, then you are okay to get revenge. That's what Jewish tradition says. So Peter takes the number three, times it by two, and adds one. By the way, I just did math. It's amazing. All right, is that right? Somebody check my math. All right, anyway, my point is, and Peter feels safe. All right, if Jewish tradition says that, I'm going to times it by two, add one, I'm good. Look what Jesus says. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but what? Seventy times seven. For those who are bad at math, 490. Exactly right. Now, some of you, you have a chart. You have a chart, and you're thinking, that person has hurt me 476 times. I'm, you're, you're this close, right? That's not what Jesus is saying it's nothing magical about 490 times. What Jesus is saying is you need to forgive every time, an unlimited number of times. Why? Because you will need forgiveness again one day as well. Listen to this. We are never more like our God than when we choose to forgive someone who's hurt us. You are never more like your heavenly father when you say, I forgive you. We're good. So we have a choice. We can forgive, show God's love and mercy, or we can choose not to forgive. And guess what? It's going to go bad for us. Lou Holtz, the famous football coach, said this, you will never get ahead of anyone if you're trying to get even with them. And that is so true. You can't get ahead and receive forgiveness if you're trying to get even. Now, this is what Matthew 18, Jesus tells a story to answer Peter's kind of faulty jacked upness. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with the servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him how much? Millions. It was huge. It was huge. Wow. How could he repay millions? And the text it even says that he could never repay it. I mean, that's nuts. So this, by, this guy, what did he do? He begged for mercy, and he pleaded for his life. Master, give me time to repay. I beg your mercy. And the king did the unthinkable. You know what he did? He says, you know what? 
you, I forgive you. I, you don't owe me anymore. You don't have to pay back the millions. By the way, you want to know what forgiveness literally means? That somebody doesn't owe you anymore. You see, the king says, you don't owe me anymore. We're, we're, we're even. You don't have to pay it back. The master shows mercy. It's an amazing story, and I wish it stopped right there. But it doesn't. The servant was no sooner out of the throne room of the king when he came upon one of his fellow servants who what? Owed him what? $10. What's a, what's a $10 bill? Is that a Jackson? Hamilton, thank you very much. It's a Hamilton. As you can tell, I have a lot of those $10 bills in my pocket. <laughs> anyway, so when you forgive someone, what you're saying is you don't owe me anymore. You don't owe me the 10 bucks. But he says he finds somebody who owes him $10. He, look at this, seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up, pay up now. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, Oh my gosh, give me a second chance and I'll pay you your what? Ten dollars. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested, threw in jail until the debt was paid. How much? Ten buckaroos. A Hamilton. Thank you very much. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. Uh-oh. The master finds out about this guy's unforgiveness of the servant. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven. He had forgiven. And said this. You evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? What's the answer to that question? Yes, he should have mercy because great mercy and forgiveness were shown to him. But look how it ends. Then the angry king sent the man to what? Prison to be, what's the next word? Tortured. Tortured until he paid back his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father, listen to me, will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You see, some of you, you've been experiencing a living hell of torture that you brought on yourself because you choose not to forgive. You experience sleepless nights, ulcers, bitterness, having imaginary conversations in your head with individuals, and people think they may be a little crazy. You are. Why? Because your God has forgiven you so much. How could you not forgive somebody else? Come on now. The, the th third reason why we should forgive is because forgiveness frees us. Why should I forgive? Because I will need forgiveness, but also forgiveness frees us. Matthew 6. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, what does it say? Your Father will what? Not 
forgive your sin. Why should I forgive? Because I'm going to need forgiveness. Forgiveness frees us. How many of y'all seen the movie Les Mis? Les Miserables. All right. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's played by Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. So, um, and uh, this whole story is about Jean Valjean. And Jean Valjean, uh, at the very beginning, he gets put into prison because he is broke, destitute, and he steals bread for his family because they are dying of hunger. He steals bread and he gets 20 years in jail of hard labor. 20 years. And he gets out after those 20 years of serving jail time for stealing a piece of bread. And nobody will hire him. He basically has this scarlet letter. It's a C. It's a convict. And finally, after searching everywhere to try to find grace and, and, and try to find a job, uh, finally this priest, this, this man of God allows him into his home and gives him grace, gives him mercy, feeds him, and, and, and gives him clothes and said, you can stay the night. And in the middle of the night, Jean Valjean, he thinks the only way he can get ahead is by stealing the silverware from the priest and his family and leaving. So he steals the silverware and he leaves. And the person who showed him so much grace, this pastor, this priest, he basically just thumbs it in his face and he leaves and walks out the door with, all, with these expensive civil war. He eventually gets caught. The police bring him back to the priest and says, is this your civil war? And the priest said, well, yes, it is. Um, but uh, Jean Valjean, I, I, I gave you the civil war and you forgot the candlesticks. Here's the candlesticks too. Go and live a new life. And Jean Valjean doesn't know what to do with this grace and mercy that's just been offered to him freely. No one has ever loved him like that. And in the musical, it says this. He says, it's take an eye for an eye, turn your heart into stone. This is all I've ever known. But is there another way to go? That's a good question. And I believe there is another way to go. He takes this exchange of grace and forgiveness and he realizes maybe I don't have to live the same life. Maybe I can change. Maybe I can forgive. And throughout the, the entire rest of the eight-hour musical, uh, he, he's the good guy and the policeman who won't forgive is the bad guy all because he was willing to forgive. Now, that's three reasons why, three biblical reasons why we should forgive. Let's talk about the how, how to forgive. How should we forgive? It's a three-step process. Number one, recognize that an opportunity for revenge is not from God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Not from God. The opportunity to get back or take a pot shot or let's, can I be real with you, getting on Facebook. Some of you crazy people need to get off Facebook. All right, you need to stop venting and give it a piece of your mind because you ain't got too much pieces left. See, we're just angry. You know what Christians are supposed to be? They will know our, they will know that we are Christians by our anger, not in the Bible, by the way. They will know that we are Christians by our love. There ain't a lot of love these days. 
That's what for Clarksville is all about. It's showing love to everybody, even the people who don't deserve it. Recognize that an opportunity for revenge is not from God. Romans 12, 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Turn to the person next to you and say, never. Never means never. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, God says. I will pay them back, says the Lord. You see, let me explain this. When you take revenge and you get somebody back, you get the last word and you get them back. But I want you to understand that's your reward. That's your justice. Because what you did is that you took that situation out of God's hands and you put it in your hands. And any chance you had for God to take up your cause or to bless you is gone. Is gone. God is not going to bring you justice because you took revenge. So if you get your revenge, you better enjoy it because that's all you're going to get. Not only don't take revenge, but number two, pray for them. And one of the things that somebody taught me years ago is it's impossible to hate somebody you're praying for. And I'm not talking about, God, I pray that they would get hemorrhoids. <laughs> it's not what I'm talking about. All right? You pray for them. Because here's what I've realized. When you pray for them, it may not affect them, but you know what's changing? You are. Your heart's changing. You pray for them. Matthew 5.43 says this. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Jesus says, this is Jesus talking, I love your enemies. And what's the next word? Pray. You got to pray just to make it today. Thank you, MC Hammer. Right? Just saying. Pray for those who persecute you. I can't move like, I can't move like Hammer, but just saying. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. See, some of you... <laughs> I'm cracking myself. All right. Some of you, you're thinking, you know what? I can't pray for them because I still got anger at them and I got to be true to my feelings. No, you don't. Here, let me tell you about your feelings. It takes the right actions to trigger the right feelings. You see, some of you, you fell out of love with your spouse because you stopped doing what you used to do when you fell in love with your spouse. And if you want to fall back in love with your spouse, all you got to do is start doing the things that you were doing when you were dating them, and you're going to start feeling the things you were feeling when you are dating them. And you're going to go, ha, ah. you're going to be playing some Barry White. All right? Number three, different sermon, moving on. All right? How do you forgive? You to forgive, to forgive as you have been forgiven. Guys, this is huge. Forgive as you have been forgiven. So that begs the question, how have you been forgiven? Look at this. Colossians. Bear, we, bear with each other. Notice, there's times you're just going to have to bear with some people. Some people, you have to bear with them because they're bears. Right? I mean, they just are. It might not be easy. It might not be clean. It's going to be some mess, but you just got to bear with them. Some of y'all, you're having to bear with me on this sermon. Thank you, Jesus. Bear with some folks, and look at this, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. One another. How do you do that? How? Here's what the Bible says. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, that's it. That's how you forgive. 
You forgive as you have been forgiven. The forgiven forgive others. You see, for some of you, the reason why you can't forgive is because you keep on focusing on your problems and how somebody has hurt you or hurt your spouse, and you go back and you replay it over and over and over and over again in your head, and you're focusing on you and your issues. You see, what you really need to focus on is on God and how God has forgiven all of your mess because all of us are messy. You see, if you remember just how far you've come and how your heavenly father has forgiven you, here's what I know. It's going to be easy to forgive other people. So I'm going to lead us in prayer today. If you would, everybody close your eyes. We're going to just talk to God this morning. For some of you, I pray, for some of you, you need to experience forgiveness. But that's only going to happen is if you forgive other people because we're tortured souls and we're torturing ourselves. So God, I just pray that today, Lord, that we would, whatever that person was, whether they're still alive or not, Lord, that we would give that to you. And when we give it to you, it doesn't make what they've done to us right. But God, we pray that you would take care of it. The justice would come from your hands. And we would leave it there. Still praying. Every head bowed. For those of you, you're like, that's me. I need to forgive somebody, but I need some help. Just lift your hand where you're at. All right, I see you. I see you. Thanks for your honesty. Anyone else? All right, you can put them down. Thank you. God, I pray that you would give us whatever has happened in our life. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength, that we would rely on your strength, that we could forgive just as how God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. And how has he forgiven us through Jesus Christ? Because he took Jesus and he nailed him on a cross. Still praying. There are those people here today that you need Jesus to forgive you. You can't forgive other people because you've never experienced forgiveness yourself. And you've done some harmful things. You've done some messed up things. And right now, God, I just come to you and we pray. Everybody in the room, God, we just pray that you would forgive us that you, we would be able to accept Jesus' work on the cross for us and that we would give you all of our junk and, Lord, that you would give us a clean slate. Does anybody in here who needs that? Just lift your hand. Anyone? Thank you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Anyone else? God, thank you so much for your love and your grace. I pray that today that everything, 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 everybody say everything, 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 Lord, that we would give it all to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray.